0: This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, off and running on this Wednesday night. Flying solo once again, Gordon Damer, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, and of course the ESPN New York app. And I mean, do we have enough to talk about tonight? Too much to get into as we take you up to uh, Freddie and Fitz at midnight, of course, The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can find me on uh, Twitter, on Instagram at Gordon Damer, on TikTok at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me right here for what? Like the next hour and change as we take you up again until midnight tonight. Uh, And look, we got to begin... With the game you just heard here on 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. The Rangers game one of their playoff series against the Hurricanes down in Carolina. The Hurricanes, just an absolute loser organization. That is all I will say at this point right now. I'll explain why a little bit later on. It has nothing to do per se with what happened on the ice, but we'll get into that. But the, the Rangers, with the quick turnaround after game seven against the Penguins, after the win in overtime, everybody flying high. And you were wondering, right, a couple of days later, basically, how quick can you rev it back up? And at least early on, looked good. First period, seven minutes in, Philip Hedl with the goal, Rangers up one nothing. And really, you were just kind of seeing, all right, where can you add to the lead? Because of those first two periods, I, again, I have to preface it by saying I'm not the biggest hockey fan in the world, but it certainly seemed like those two periods went about as well as you could draw up, especially that second period where the Rangers just dominated but could not add to the lead. The first two periods, that was the way you would write it up. Unfortunately, the third period, that was written by Stephen King because that was about a brutal way to see one slip away. Carolina was knocking on the door. They came out in that third period, fired up after kind of looking – kind of like confused or something in that second period, just not able to uh, really get anything going. Third period, they hit the crossbar one time, they had a post another time, and then finally hit the back of the net with about two and a half minutes to go. And even though that only tied it up, uh, it did not feel like with the way the game was tilting, it did not feel good going to overtime. You were still hoping to be able to steal a win, but that went went, uh, sideways pretty quickly as well as Ian Cole with the game winner. So just a brutal loss. You're two and a half minutes away from stealing game one. And that's the goal, right? When you're the, when you don't have the home ice, when you don't have the home court advantage in the NBA, when you don't have the home field in baseball, you want to go on the road in those first two games and at least earn a split, get one of them. And a lot of times that first game is the game to get it done. Uh, And the Rangers this season, the stat, I saw 31 one and three when leading after two, not able to seal the deal, just an absolutely brutal loss. So want to hear from the Ranger fans, 1-800-919-ESPN. I will say the good news is, as we see with all these playoff series, hockey, NBA, there is no carryover from game to game, right? Game one against the Penguins, you lost not just in overtime, you lost in triple overtime on home ice after a goal got waved off that probably should have counted. So game one is not the series, but that's about as bad a way to lose a game as you can draw up here as it looked like you were right on the cusp. It looked like you were about to get the mission accomplished, and then you would be able to head into game two just play, playing with house money, right? If you were able to get that one win down there, then you start to get greedy. So one eight hundred nine one nine espn is the telephone number as uh, the Rangers lose game one. At least we have the Yankees that we can count on because I almost, at this point, what more is to be said about the Yankees? What? They're a machine. They win all that, they win every day. Every day they win a game. They are now 28 and nine on the seat. They've won 21 of 24. At this point, they're almost boring. Aren't they? I mean, I love it. I'm happy to be bored with it. But they just win all the time. And how do they win tonight? Well, they, they, they get a, a double by Glaber Torres to score a run in the first inning. They score two people on a wild pitch. A lot harder to fix that Orioles defense than that left field wall, I'll tell you that. And that's all they'd need. They didn't play with LeMahieu tonight. They didn't play with Steve. It was almost like they were tying one hand behind their back. Judge went 0 for 4, which is unheard of. Clay Holmes comes in for the save, locks it down. So we'll get to the Yankees because a lot has been said here over the last 24, 48 hours in regards to Aaron Judge's contract. A lot of it just absolute fiction that is just being made up. So we'll get to that in the course of the next hour and a half. And the Mets, the Mets, they get a win against the Cardinals tonight, which is great. Game got a little hairy there late, but they break out in the eighth inning. Pete Alonso a big home run, Mets win at 11-4, so they beat the Cardinals again, but that's not the story. That is not the story by any way shape or form because in this game Max Scherzer forced to leave the game in the 6th inning. On his walk back to the mound, he uh, kind of he threw a pitch and then looked into the dugout and uh, waved his hand uh, like across his neck signaling, you know, that's it for me for tonight. And the reports are left the game tonight with left side discomfort. And he will have tests tomorrow. So this is quickly turning into, look, the Mets are winning games. They still have a comfortable lead. But if you were to draw up a nightmare scenario for them, you're already, it's bad enough you already are without DeGrom. You don't know when or if he'll be back. Miguel's gone down, and not that he's at the level of uh, – but you, you need guys in that starting rotation that you can count on. And now it looks like the Mets are going to have to do without Max Scherzer. So we got a lot of stuff to do. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. But let's start it off with the Rangers. Are you hanging in there, Ranger fans? Is this one t- – I mean, do you look at this game tonight as a blown opportunity? Are you still trying to stay positive? It's only one game are you ready to hit the doomsday switch 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number we'll start things off with Dennis in Jersey Dennis you're first up on ESPN New York tonight
1: how you doing uh we'll start off with a tough loss but uh not worried at all ready to go for game two okay ready to go for game two uh tough tough third period they played a great first period a kind of to them that can't happen because this is not the Pittsburgh Penguins we'll put it that way
0: yeah you know look I'm not a big hockey fan as I always say Dennis but it felt like that third period Carolina all of a sudden had a sense of urgency and were playing at a far different level than the Rangers so you're hoping that that's only that one period and that's not going to be the story of the series because if if the rest of the series looks anything like that third period Rangers are in trouble
1: yes absolutely they had to take it to them can't back off it's the Stanley Cup playoffs you got to go to score a second goal, and they had their chances. They had their yeah, chances. Yeah, Taco they had, had that one with the
0: wide open net, right?
1: Yep, Filipe had one in the first period. A great save by Anthony Ranta. Loved Anthony Ranta as a Ranger, but now he's the opponent. Now's the chance to score on him and show him what we're made of. Uh, definitely a better team than Pittsburgh. However, Ranger fans, I'll say publicly for everybody, don't worry, we'll be okay.
0: All right. There's Dennis. uh, Dennis in Jersey says the Rangers are going to be just fine. Um, Here's the thing, though. And again, um, I'm not going to be able to go back in my deep well of hockey, playoff hockey knowledge. But I will say this. When you're the underdog team, you can't allow the better team to also be the lucky team. Right. And it felt like Carolina stole a win tonight. And over the long haul, they would probably. It seems like they're the more talented team. The only real area of of question mark. It seems like is at goaltending. Goaltending was very good for them tonight, Um, but you can't allow the better team to also be the lucky team. And Carolina absolutely stole that win tonight. That's that's a rough way to lose one because you look at the way this series plays out completely differently, right? All of a sudden, game two. Not that you need to have that win because you're going to come home and home ice, and these are long series, and there's lots of twists and turns, but the mission for the first two games is to be able to earn a split, and you had it right there. It was right in front of you. Even after giving up the equalizer, you go to overtime, and you're not able to get anything done. And you have, as we mentioned, opportunities. They had some, and we're not able to cash in. Steve is in Jersey. Steve, you're next up on ESPN New York.
2: Yes, how are you? Listen, not, first of all, I'm not counting the Rangers out. They played a great game. But their defense has to step up. They have to clear the in front of the net. The goal, Sebastian Ajo should not have had that second chance on that shot. That goal should never have been in. And Lindgren's got to get out of the way. We have the best goalie in the league. You've got to step out of the way and let the guy do his job. You can't try to help him at that point.
0: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Steven. Thanks for the phone call. I, you know, I, again, uh, not being the, the, the big hockey fan. Um, uh, look, I know that he's up for, for the, the Hart Trophy this year. He's, he's going to win the Vesna, probably going away. It feels like the, uh, the results here have been a little underwhelming. for the, like the, Everybody tells me he's the greatest goal. Oh, my God, this guy just i mean wait do you see him and and then it's almost like when they lose ah you know not really his fault it's this thing it's that thing and then when he went oh my god just he's unbelievable he's unbelievable gotta you gotta tie it now look he was good tonight but you know at the end of the day they did they did end up losing the game and um you know he can't be blameless in these situations I, i understand at pittsburgh you know there's some some of those goals that there was nothing he can do Either you're you're a difference maker and you're this star player, or you know if it's going to come down to well, it's not really his fault. Well, then he's not as important as you would think a goaltender should be. It's got to Robbie in Massachusetts. Robbie, that was a tough one, my man. That was a tough one tonight, my man.
2: Yeah, Gordon, how you doing? I know, like, you're not the biggest hockey guy and so no. forth, but a couple of comp, couple of things to to, sure. to to point out. I think you could take a lot of positives away from the fact that they gave up only 14 shots for the first two periods. But yeah. this is where I criticize Gerard Gallant. This is where I've criticized them all year. You know, you're playing a, a smart defensive game. You're playing hard in the neutral zone. You're preventing Carolina from coming up the ice. You're playing smart below the goal line. You're getting pucks deep. You're back-checking. You're checking for 40 minutes And in then in the, in the third period. You sit back in that stupid one-four malaise, and you just keep giving the puck back to Carolina. And they just keep coming up the ice at you and coming up the ice. And I have no idea what the hell Artemi Panarin was doing being on the ice in the last two and a half minutes. I have no idea. He's a horrible back-checker. You watched on the overtime goal, too, the same thing. He's terrible back check. And the Rangers think that they don't do enough. They don't block shots. I mean, Jacob Trouba is basically turning his back at the end of the game in overtime, and he's got a chance to block the shot. And, look, Igor played very well. It wasn't his fault. I mean, that's a rebound. Miller's got to be there. Trouba's got to be in front of that. Somebody's got to hit somebody. But the thing is that they played really well the first two periods. They were able to keep Carolina to the outside. But the thing is, I don't understand why Gallant does this. Now, he, he was on the postgame show. I saw him talk for a second. He was talking about, you know, he said we didn't lay back. But they did lay back. They got a chance 11-4. They ran around the zone. They, gave, they kept giving Carolina the puck. And they had this philosophy. like, well, we're going to let them go. 200 feet why let them go 200 feet stop them they just changed the whole style so let them take a lesson out of this gotta play 60 minutes this team hasn't played a 60 minute game the entire playoff and it's the inconsistency through a game that i saw all year gordon anyway thanks for today the our right, yankees robbie.
3: are on a roll-
0: yeah uh, no I, look the uh, look this is the station if you start talking positively about the yankees you get cut off right away see what happens you're being shadow banned robbie no, we'll get to the Yankees. Don't worry. There's plenty of good stuff there. And look, if we don't get to talk about their great win today, we'll just talk about the next time they play. I mean, every day they just win a game. They just win a game all the time. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we'll hear from uh, Gerard Gallant after the Rangers uh, game won. Lo- and look. Here's the thing about the Rangers, right? I mean, it's been pretty consistent all year. Backs against the wall, that's when they respond. I don't know necessarily the backs against the wall after a game one loss. Oh, yes. It is ESPN New York tonight. It is Gordon Damer flying solo again tonight. Rangers not flying so high tonight as they drop game one of their series against uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. And I mentioned in the open, that the hurricane and I didn't I didn't know that I don't know maybe this is a thing that they do in hockey but I've never heard of such a thing so tonight obviously first two games are down in carolina but the hurricanes have barred has anybody else heard this they have barred anyone from outside of north carolina from ba- buying tickets to their arena for this playoff series so games one two five seven if necessary you are not allowed to unless you have a billing address in the areas of north south carolina or southern virginia and here's the thing it's not like you just can't buy tickets even if you buy tickets they have a disclaimer when you're buying tickets quote very important PNC Arena is located in Raleigh, North Carolina. Sales to this event will be restricted to residents of North, South Carolina and Southern Virginia. Residency will be based on credit card billing address. Orders by residents outside of those areas will be canceled without notice and without refunds given. Is that allowed? Is that legal? Can you do that? Oh, you don't live in this area? Is that like just a war, like a scare tactic? That can't possibly be legal, is it? They can restrict. If you are from New York and you're a big Ranger fan and you want to go on. I saw some Ranger jerseys there. I'm, I'm, they're, they're the New York Rangers. I mean, I'm sure they have fans everywhere. So even if you live in North Carolina. But you're telling me you can't take a road trip and buy. T- I mean, what a loser organization. You're so worried about your little precious little fan base that they can't be infiltrated by people who want to just travel down to Carolina to watch a hockey game. That is, I, I don't know, man. That seems pretty weak. Now, those attempting to buy tickets for games 3, 4, and 5 at Madison Square Garden on Monday afternoon only had the option of buying pairs of tickets on the resale market with a face valve. The cheapest ticket on the website was $392. There are no restrictions on the Rangers' website, when it comes to who buy it, right? Everybody knows. Money talks and you know what else walks. I, I can't, that's absolutely unbelievable to me that a fan base would be so um, so fragile that you're worried about being overpowered by people who live, well, how far away is North Carolina? Like 800 miles? Is that, is that in the ballpark? Let's say 800 miles. We'll find out in the break. But I, I, I don't know, man. That seems very, very weak. You're so worried about the fan base being infiltrated by people who just simply want to buy tickets to go watch your game. And it would be one thing if Ranger fans had like this um, this reputation as being like hooligans, right? You don't want your you don't want these these nutcases being uh, in your building, right? You never know what they might do. But no, no, that's not the case. We just want to make sure that we keep it. Everybody, uh, we get. Every, and I guess maybe it worked tonight. Maybe I don't know. All right, 1-800-919-ESP. I, I, I just thought that that was the weakest thing I've ever heard of. So I, I've not ever seen – have you guys ever seen that before? Didn't the 49ers do that, Gordon, in, in the playoffs or something? In the playoffs this year? I do not because remember a story the, where like the was, Rams did
3: it because when you were playing the 49ers, it's like the 49ers had had more fans than the Rams, and, and, and they wouldn't let them right. buy tickets I mean, it to just, L.A. So it happened in the NFL playoffs last year, but
0: it's kind of odd. But that's – I mean, like uh, that's at least – you're in the same state. I know that, that, that the Ram Stadium and, and the Niners fan base, they're not exactly, you know, they're not that far away. So you can understand, all right, you're, you live in San Francisco, you want to take a ride down to L.A. It's not that convenient, but it's not driving down to North Carolina, flying down to North Carolina. I, just, I, to me, it just tells you just how weak of a fan base you really have that you have to, like, shelter them from the big, bad Ranger fans who want to go and watch a hockey game. So hopefully Rangers are able to get a, uh, a win in game two against that loser. Loser. What a bunch of losers. You're basically saying that we're, we're losers and we just we want to be losers together and we don't want anybody to come in here and buy any tickets to our game. We'll take care of it ourselves. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, let's get into a little baseball. Continue to take your phone calls on the Rangers if you want to get in. Everybody seems like they're taking it in, uh, in stride so far. X. Oh, it is ESPN New York tonight. Larry, hey, oh no, Larry's not here again. And I'll tell you, <laughs> if the Mets don't get some good news on that Max Scherzer front, he might not be coming back. I, I thought it was already 50-50 with the news about Jacob deGrom, and now all of a sudden Max Scherzer goes down, so that's not good. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about the Yankees, and we have to, look, you, you hear it on all the shows, we have to invent ways to talk about the Yankees. We have to find something wrong. We have to find something wrong with the best team in baseball. They win every day. We can't attack them for that. We can't attack Aaron Boone anymore. He's not making any mistakes. They win every day. You know they're what? I don't know. They're guys. They're doing – every day they just win games. So we have to find something wrong, and we'll find something wrong. But I did want to uh, take a couple of calls because apparently Ranger fans um, – Have some feelings about the tickets in North Carolina. Jacob is in Far Rockaway. Jacob, what's going on, pal? How's it going? What's up?
3: Uh, Just two quick points on the Rangers. First of all, I want to I want to get your thoughts about Game Two. How you think they're going to come back? Like they played well the whole entire game. It's not like they got they got outplayed. It's just that two they got those two goals, the goal at the end, and the goal in overtime. Those are I wanted to talk about. I think you got to take it as a good sign as a Ranger fan that they're so
0: scared of you. They won't even sell you tickets because you're such I mean, a It's fan. Emba- it really is embarrassing, Jacob. Uh, look, the, the, the hockey part of it, uh, you don't want my opinion. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like the Rangers respond every time their backs are against the wall. Uh, it doesn't feel great to lose the game like you did tonight. You sometimes, you know, that, that has a carryover effect. And even though you were close, uh, just because you're close in one game, it doesn't have any carryover. So that's a good thing in the terms of the fact that you lost the game. There's no carryover there. But the fact you played so well in the first two periods, that doesn't carry over either. So I, I don't know how it plays out in the series. I don't know the Rangers that well. I do know that a, a franchise limiting the ticket sales to only people in the area, and so much so that even if you have uh, figured out a way to slip through if they find out you're not from North Carolina or you don't have a billing address in that area, they are going to take your tickets and not refund you any money. I mean, that's I don't know, maybe that's only a scare tactic. Maybe they they're not going to I mean, what are they going to do? Go around the arena asking for people's billing address? I I'm not exactly sure. But yeah, that is a weak move. That is basically saying that our our fan base is so is so small We barely can fill up the building and we're worried about big, bad New Yorkers flying down here, flashing some cash and being able to get in and, uh, you know, make this basically a road game for us. All right, Jacob. All right, I guess that's what I'm up. See, that's that perfect example. Jacob called up with a question. He had a point to make. I answered him. We worked it out. He felt so good he was left speechless. What do you want me to tell you? What do you want me to tell you? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, All right, so the Yankees. Let's talk about the Yankees. Because they did win a game. They've won a game again today. They basically win every day. It's what now? 21 of 24, right? But, you know, listening to all the various shows, you you would think the Yankees were in crisis right now with the amount of focus that is on Aaron Judge's contract. Every day, oh, my God, he's going to be making so much more money He hit another two home runs. He had four more hits. The Yankees won again. Oh, my God. Aaron Judge's contract. Oh, we better worry about it. His contract is not up until after the season. Am I right? Am I wrong there? Is that another one of these weird things that I didn't realize? Is his contract up in June? Is he not signed for July and August, September, October? He's signed for this season, right? Am I wrong there? I think I'm right. I think he has signed for this entire season. And here's the thing. You wouldn't know it by, I mean, God Almighty, you hear all these people talking about his contract, oh, how much money he's going to make. This is the way you wanted it to play out. You wanted him to go into his final year, you wanted him to stay healthy, and you wanted him to put up a monster season. If before the season, I told you that Aaron Judge was going to be a free agent at season's end, and you got two buttons in front of you. One, he has a really bad season, but you're able to get a discount on him when he becomes a free agent. Or you're going to have to spend more to keep him, but he's going to have an unbelievable season. And the team is going to be awesome. The team is basically going to be unbeatable. What, what button would you push? Because it seems like people want to hit the other button. I, I don't know. It seems like it's playing out pretty well. It seems like this is the way you want it. This is a good problem. This is a good problem to have. This is not a bad problem. You want bad problems? Look, there's some bad problems. Joey Gallo's not doing anything. That's a bad problem. Aaron Hicks looks lost at the plate. That's a bad problem. Hasn't, evac- hasn't impacted them at all. They still go out and win games. And they still have the best record in baseball. But no, the Aaron Judge stuff, that's actually a good problem to have. And you know what? At the end of the day, right? We get through this season... Aaron Judge hits 60 home runs, drives in 500 runs, and the Yankees do what they do, and and who knows, maybe they get back to the World Series and win the World Series. You know what? The Yankees are not going to have to hold the garage sale to be able to re-sign Aaron Judge. The Yankees have the money to re-sign Aaron Judge. Whatever the contract is, if they really want to re-sign him, some other team comes out and says, "You know what? We're going to sign him for 10 years and 500 million dollars." Believe it or not, the Yankees have the wherewithal to be able to re-sign him to that contract. Now, I don't know if it's a smart thing to do. I don't think so. I think that might be a bit of an overpay. But the ability to sign him still exists. So there's been a lot of spin here the last couple of days about, well, you know, it never and this has been going on for a while. Since the moment on on, on opening day, that they didn't get a deal done, and the Yankees released the the numbers and all this type of stuff. There's been this spin that, well, you know, it never should have. It never should have gotten to this. It sh- it never should have reached this point. They should have gotten this done years ago. This is your this is your franchise player. This is your homegrown player. The Yankees, with all their money, they should have been able to do this years ago. You've heard that, right? There's no reason why it should have come down to this. What year exactly did you want them to do that? Because when he played in only 112 games in 2018, I didn't, I didn't get, I don't remember anybody saying, oh, you know what? You got to lock up this guy now. Certainly when he played basically hundred games in 2019, I didn't hear anybody saying you got to lock him up now. And in 2020, when he played in less than half the games, I didn't hear anybody saying you should have locked him up now. It's all well and good that he was healthy last year and he put up a big season. And when he's healthy, you know he's going to produce. And I think that there is a value to make sure that last year was just not a fluke. Because here's the thing. For all the people killing the yay, oh, you got to sign. How do you not sign this guy already? If they had signed Aaron Judge... And then he went out and got hurt. Or if he if they signed him now and he got hurt tomorrow, oh, how'd you start You know this guy's brittle. How did you sign this? Why did you sign that? You know he's gonna get hurt. He always gets hurt. So let it play out. It's playing out exactly how you would want it to play out. He's having a great season. The team's having a great season. And you know what? Nobody this is not one of those things where like certain teams get to shop ahead of other teams, everybody's going to get to shop at the same time. Everybody's... The the doors open at the same time for everybody. There's not... You don't have to worry about, like, the Rangers having a connection that they get to shop in the store of free agency before everybody else. The Dodgers are going to get to shop the same time as the Yankees and all the other teams. So if there is a team that's going to go out there and, and blow them away well, then the Yankees are going to have a decision to make. But we're not there yet. It's like we're, 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 we're forgetting about all the different uh, months that are going to go by here. How about we just enjoy the li- living in the moment? How about we just enjoy the monster season that Aaron Judge is having? I get it. He's, he's making himself more money right now, right? If he had gotten out, went out and got hurt or he didn't perform all that well, okay. I don't even think that the offer from the Yankees would have dropped down all that much. But all right, it's possible that it could have. And now that he's performing the way he is, yeah, the offers are going to go up and up and up. I think that people think that he's going to make $500 million in 10 years. I don't think it's going to go that high. I don't think that anybody's going to offer him a billion dollars. I think that we're still talking in the range of what we were talking in the range of. And here's the other thing. That everybody, you know, killing the Yankees for it, crushing Cashman, you know, Steinbrenner and everybody else. We have no Um, idea what Aaron Judge is actually looking for for a contract. That has never. Now, there's been there's been rumors that he wants, you know, Mike Trout kind of money, 10 years, three hundred and fifty million dollars. But nobody's actually said that. So until we actually know what he's looking, maybe he's looking for more than that. Maybe he's going to be looking for even more than that after this season if he goes on and hits 63 home runs or whatever he's on pace for right now. But, I mean, people need to relax. This is a good problem to have. This is the way you would want it to go. As opposed to him going out and getting hurt and the team not performing, he's healthy and he's killing it. He bet on himself, and you know who benefits? Yeah, I mean, Judge benefits after the season – But the Yankees benefit from it right now. So sit back and enjoy it. Find something else to complain about, be it Chapman or be it uh, Gallo or be it Hicks. The Aaron Judge one, that's not actually a problem. That's not actually a problem. And mostly because when the season does end and whatever the contract offers are, we'll see what the price actually turns out to be. I find it very hard to believe that Aaron Judge is going to have this monster season. He's going to be an MVP candidate like he is right now. And he'll hit free agency. And there's going to be some other team that just blows him away with a contract. And the Yankees will draw a line in the sand and say, no, we're going to come in well below that. We're going to come in way lower than what that number is. It seems kind of now if if, if it's a if it's a Robinson Cano type situation, where they want to go seven years and somebody else wants to go ten, well, maybe that might turn out to be the case. But can we wait until we actually get there before we're all biting our nails? Oh, Aaron Judge is going to sign someplace else. He's under contract through the whole season. His his contract is not up next month. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. It's got to uh, Luke is in Fairlawn. Luke, you're next up on ESPN New York. Hey, how's it going? What's going on,
3: Luke? I just want to talk about Joey Gallo. I mean, this is from um, last night. Did you watch the game last night?
0: Yeah, of course. The, the error you're talking about?
3: Did you? I, I really think that he should have laid out and caught that ball. I, and I don't, I don't, Maybe you've talked about that already. I, I consider that an error for, for someone who is, well, maybe not an error, but someone who is supposed to be a gold glove fielder, he should have laid out, in my opinion, for that ball. And, and yes, we won the game; it worked out great. But I mean, we very easily could have lost that game, and I I could not believe that he was about a foot or two away from the ball and didn't catch it. I was watching with my buddy, and he said, "No, he shouldn't have caught that." And I was like, "No, he he absolutely should have at least made a diving attempt." What, do you what, think? what are,
0: you, are you talking about? Late in the he, game yesterday, or are you talking about the error early on? Oh, sorry, sorry. The ninth
3: the ninth inning where. Where, okay, uh,
0: okay, because he had the error in the in the first inning as well. No,
3: no, sorry, yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. No, not talking yeah. about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it did seem like that ball was in the air for a very long time. I I think that the one thing we can agree on, Luke, is that the reputation of Joey Gallo as being a multiple-time gold glove winner in left field has been vastly overstated. Like, there, there have not been i'm more um leery of when balls are hit to him rather than feeling like oh no joey 's got it he's 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 locked down out there uh i, I don 't feel that way, and I think that he's been very underwhelming in terms of a defensive performer, not just the offense but the defense has been right. uh, it it's not exactly well, blown me away yeah, well everyone knows the offense is struggling i just w- i want to talk about the
3: defense i mean can can we get rid of the guy is there is there well, I think he's no, only under contract uh, for
0: this year. Well, look here, and Luke, and thanks for the phone call. I mean, here's the thing about the Yankees is that they're winning games even without him. Now, unless Joey Gallo just – and it, this is possible because it does kind of feel like he's one of those guys that it's just never going to click for him here. Um, but unless he has just completely lost his way and is just not able to perform in New York, he's a guy that's generally going to hit 35 home runs. So if that's the case, you have not gotten – do what does he have so far? Like five or something like that? Four or five? He's not really gotten going yet. Now, if he doesn't get going by the trade deadline, th- that is absolutely an area that you you might have to, to look to upgrade. But, I mean, you don't have to worry about it right now. I mean, like all this focus on Joey Gallo. Do people realize the team's winning, right? Like, <laughs> that is the goal, right, to to win the games? And, and how how uh, how uh, – i mean how often are they winning games Uh, i don't know every day it feels like every day they started five and five and they're 28 and nine that's a that's a pretty good run it's a pretty good run and there was a time where they were on this run that the rays or the jays were not that far behind them i haven't taken a look at the standings today but they've got a little bit of breathing room there you know I think for most people, I don't know, maybe the old heads might feel differently, but the best team that most of us have seen for a single season was the 98 Yankees. Anytime you're on the exact same pace as they are, and I know it's early, it's only mid-May, it's not, you know, July 4th yet, it's not June 1st, but that's a pretty pretty good track to be on. You know, Yankees are winning games at a 750 clip. I don't know, that feels pretty good, feels pretty good. Jonathan is in L.A. Jonathan, you're next up on 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.
4: Hey, how's it going, Gordon? I uh, love the show, you and Larry. And uh, But let me tell you something, Gordon. Every time, and I listen to nothing but 98.7, like even from here, from L.A., but every time I put the, the whatever show is on, it just judges contract, judges contract, judges contract. I have a lot of friends right here that are Yankee fans. My family is back over in the Bronx, still in Brooklyn, actually. We just talk about, hey, oh, man, did you see the Yankee game? Did we win again? We won again. For my part, no family members, no, no, uh, no friends or nothing have brought up the judge contract. Every time I go to the social media, I'm not social media, but like in the ESPN, like, you know, especially the radio shows, I think you guys are hyping that up. It, it, am I right or wrong? Cause it's just, uh, it does feel. Well, uh, look,
0: I, I don't think it's just our shows. I think it's everywhere. You know, media. There's articles every single day. You know, the, the, the TV shows mention it every single day. Oh, he's going to be making so much more money now. I mean, he's going to be making a ton of money no matter what. Uh, when he he wants to hit the free agent exactly. market, he want. I think it's pretty clear that it's not just like about money. He's apparently a big union guy. The union always wants the big stars to kind of reset the market. So I think that he is going to try to reset the market. And look, there's a possibility that when we get to the end of the season, the Yankees might say, you know what, that's too rich for our blood. We're going to have to go in another direction. But I mean, can we wait till we get to that? I find it very hard to believe the Yankees are going to be uh, going to lose a franchise cornerstone-type icon type of player yeah, like here, Judge man. looks to be over a couple of million dollars a season. Now, if he gets completely blown away, I- I'll we'll reevaluate that then. But, I mean, geez, Louise, it does feel like people are focusing on this an awful lot. And I feel like the reason is is because the Yankees are kind of boring. They just go out there and win every single day. So if you don't like the Yankees, you talk about the contract.
4: Exactly, man. And you know what? Like, I mean, right here, we, us, right here in LA, especially in Anaheim, when the Yankees come every time to town, you should see, Gordon, there's nothing but 99 jerseys right here. 99, probably you see, a, uh, I mean, twos, of course, like Derek Jeter and all those, but big Yankee fan base right here. I mean, Carlos it and whatever. But, uh, I mean, come on, we can't lose a guy like that. And that's really different from him and Robinson Cano, because you could tell the, the big old difference with that. I got a four-year-old son right here. He's already, like, rocking his 99 jersey. But I say, Gordon, God dang, Gordon, i seen uh, Luke a Lucas scratch. What do you think about that big old scratch? Yeah, I, I, didn't, so much, I did not I did not see the play night.
0: that I You know, like tonight, and thanks for the call, Jonathan. Uh, I felt like I was uh, using Pitchcom. I was changing the channel so fast between the Rangers. I was trying to keep up on the Ranger game. I'm trying to keep up with everything else. So I didn't see that, but uh, obviously uh, – Yeah, it looks like he got hit pretty good in the face there and got hit pretty good on the scoreboard as well. So, yes, it is ESPN New York tonight. It is Gordon Damer flying solo once again tonight. Larry on vacation, hoping that he will be back this weekend. I think he's on the schedule for Sunday. If not, hopefully next week. Hopefully at some point Larry comes back. Because with the way things are going with the Mets right now, that is not a guarantee. That is not a guarantee. Now, it, 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 the most pressing thing is tonight, Max Scherzer forced to uh, leave the game in the sixth inning as the Mets went on and beat the Cardinals tonight. So another win for them. And now 2-3 with the finale tomorrow afternoon. But Scherzer got done throwing a pitch, went back to the mound and, and, and looked into the dugout and kind of waved his hand across his throat saying, that's it for tonight, that's all I got. You better come and get me. And he has been diagnosed with, what was it? Left side soreness, left side discomfort. So he will have tests done tomorrow. And we'll just have to kind of wait and see how that goes. Now, I don't know what that could be alluding to in terms of an injury. I guess maybe a back muscle, maybe something along those lines. Hopefully it's not an extended period of time Because if you wanted to draw up a scenario that's like a nightmare scenario for the Mets rotation, this is kind of it. And it really can't be that much of a shock. You know, there's a reason why most people don't go out and sign 37-year-old pitchers to the type of contract that the Mets signed Max Scherzer to. This was a guy that at the end of last season was not able to pitch because he had like a dead arm. Now, maybe it will be the type of thing that just takes a couple of turns of the rotations, not a long-term thing. Let's hope so for the Mets' sake. Because if they lose Max Scherzer, in addition to the situation going on with Jacob deGrom, it's not great. So let's hear from Max Scherzer after tonight's game about what's going on. What did he feel?
5: You know, kind of side it was kind of tight all today. Um, you know, in the sixth, uh, there. Um, you know, in that pool of bat, you know, just felt a zing on my left side and just knew I was done. Um, when, you know, I've had – I haven't never had, you know, kind of left side. You know, you don't know exactly what the exact injury is, but never had a left side injury before. Um, so, when I felt it, I just knew there's no way you can throw another pitch, so just get out of there.
0: Well, I mean, that was smart. I mean, sometimes guys might try to pitch through it, and he's smart enough to, and, and, you know, veteran enough to know that that was, that was it for tonight. Does he think he will make his next start?
5: Yeah, no idea right now. Uh, I got to wake up tomorrow and get into my tube, and see the exact <laughs> nature of what we got here. So uh, it, it's foolish to even think anything.
0: All right, and then uh, what was the other one? Do you have a sense of the severity of the injury?
5: No, I don't think I. I, I don't think this is a major strain. Um, you know, like I said, I was kind of tight, and then all of a sudden it went. You know, but I don't feel like I really ripped it. you know, you know, kind of say it. You know, I felt like I it just got it got worse. Um so hopefully I got out of there quick enough to prevent, you know, a major major injury here on you because know, I know, you know, obliques or intercostals like those things can be nasty. Hopefully I, I avoided uh, a serious injury.
0: All right. So that looks like that they uh he's optimistic about the uh, the scenario facing him. Hopefully that is um Uh, Some good news for him there uh, that he is not going to miss all that much time if it's even a start, but they'll have to wait to the test tomorrow and see how that goes. But, you know, maybe the, the, the optimism is a little harder to take after hearing from the Mets in regards to Jacob deGrom less than 24 hours ago because less than 24 hours ago, here's a guy that went in for his third set of tests since shutting things down in March. And the Mets came out and said that he is still healing and that he will, I guess, continue to move in the right direction. But he's not been cleared to throw any bullpen sessions. There's no concrete dates on when he might be back. And it's kind of hard for me to believe that here's a guy who has not pitched since July 7th of last year, I think it is. So that's like 300, almost a full calendar year. The one time or basically two or three times that he did pitch earlier this spring, he needed to be shut down until this period of time. And it's not that he he's not healed yet. He is still in the process of healing. So I'm not saying that's the worst case scenario, but I didn't take that as good news. Good news is he's over the injury. He's going to start to ramp up. We don't know when he's going to make his first start. There's still a lot of... I mean, he basically has to go through all of spring training again. But that was, I I don't know why people are making it out like it's such great news. A guy who has not pitched since July of last year, as soon as he started to throw a baseball with any real vigor, he needed to be shut down almost immediately. And he is still not over it even now as we are through mid-May. But yet, it's it's been treated. As, oh no, it's it's that's great news. No, great news was he's healed, and we're now going to start to ramp him up, and hopefully soon have the great Jacob Degrom back in the rotation. Now, Billy Epler was on with the K Show and was asked about why there's not any concrete dates for when things are going to start moving in the right direction.
6: You know, I, I remember you know when uh, when when Derek Jeter was was coming back from his ankle, and they set opening day as a, as a target. He had set opening day as a target. And then when you set those things, it, it kind of builds uh, anxiety, and it can kind of build, you know, just um, a lot of attention around it. And so, you know, taking this more day-to-day or process approach to what is the next thing we need to do? The next thing we need to do is move, move him back further and have him throw harder. And then we need to see how that responds. And one, one, one then when thing. we get through that stage, then you can move along.
0: All right. So there's Billy Eppler on with the K show. There was another cut. What was the other cut that they had a careful? Uh, no. you already had that one. The things, where are things with the ground? That, that's a good question. Cause I don't know if the Mets know right now, here's Billy Epler.
6: right now. The, the next step is just continue to stress, uh, stress the arm. And then he's just doing that by moving back and throwing harder. And, you know, generally there's a very high degree of confidence in uh, you know fractures and and when guys recover um, you know from a, a stress reaction or a stress fracture and as that happens and as more time goes on the calcification increases and as that increases you get more and more confident in stepping on it so to speak and throwing with more intent um, what you don't want to do is you you don't want to have an issue um, and so Kind of play the long game a little bit more here um, with him and and get to that point where at the two-month mark where he could really start to to throw hard.
0: All right. So there's Billy Epler. Look, it's the right move. The Mets are winning games. They're in fine shape. Uh, the, the, The recent injuries notwithstanding, you want to get to a situation where he's completely healed from whatever the issue was, the scapula and then you can start to ramp things up. But, I mean, it just felt like last year. Remember, it was not just one thing where you got to July last year and DeGrom was hurt. It was a series of things where it felt like it was one thing after another, th- different things. I think at one point it was the elbow. At one point it was the side. one point now it's the scapula. It's been a series of things. And it just kind of seems hard to believe that we're going to get to a stage this season where Jacob DeGrom is ever going to be healthy enough to be back on a major league match. I hope I'm wrong. I want, st- I like stars of the sport to be stars of the sport. I don't want to see them on the sidelines. So even as a Yankee fan, it's not, I'm not coming from the point of view of how too bad DeGrom, you know, screw him. It's good for the, the sport. It's good for the city to have the best stars on the teams play their best. But after all this period of time and all these different things, if it would have been one thing, and it just took a long time to get over that one injury. It would be one thing, but it just feels like with, with DeGrom, it's one thing after another. And he's not really ramped things up as of yet. And for them to come out yesterday and say that he is still healing and is not healed, I did not take that as a positive. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.